happy Tuesday to you. And thank you for joining me tonight here on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro. And tonight, we're going to have a lot of fun because, you know, I get to have a, two of the best teachers in the game with me tonight. I'm going to be a little selfish because I got I got a member guest tournament coming up this weekend, so I'm, I'm going to need to get a couple of tips on how to improve my game. Hopefully, it'll help you improve your game as well. I've also got the Senior Vice President of Operations from the PGA Tour Superstore, Randy Peich, here to join me tonight. And uh, it's always great having Randy on the show and someone from the PGA Tour Superstore. You guys know it's my favorite retail outlet of any kind, anywhere all the time, because as soon as you go through those doors, it's like I say, like a golf wonderland. This past weekend, Father's Day, it was a dad's wonderland, so looking forward to having Randy back on the show. My first guest tonight is going to be Golf Academy Lead Instructor Rob Strano. You've probably seen Rob delivering some great tips on Golf Academy on the Golf Channel. He's currently at Kelly Plantation out in Destin, Florida, a beautiful-looking design by Fred Couples and Gene Bates. I'm excited because I'm going to be down in Destin next week, so I'm going to get the opportunity to actually see Rob in person, which, uh, like I say, has got me you know, even in greater anticipation of the family vacation this year. Can't wait to go check out that layout and see Rob in person. When uh, when Rob joins me, you know, everything tonight, right, the theme of tonight's show is going to be the U.S. Open, right? So we're going to talk about that across all three of my guests, but really looking forward to getting Rob's thoughts on, on what he saw this past weekend, his insights on, you know, where do we stand with the USGA now, right? Where, where's the trust factor between the players and the USGA? Where's the trust factor between other PGA professionals and the teachers out there and the USGA? And really from the fans' perspective as well for what we saw and what the U.S. Open looked like. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Rob's going to join me in just a few minutes. Like I say, following Rob, Randy Peich, Senior VP of Operations of the PGA Tour Superstore, will be here. We'll talk about, you know, a lot of the other things that go on within the PGA Tour Superstore that a lot of people don't know about, the the way that they'll go in and they'll fit your clubs for you, all the regripping that they do. Plus, if you're a dad that got a PGA Tour Superstore gift card this past weekend for Father's Day, what are some of the hot items that they've got in the store that uh, everyone's going to want to go check out, whether you're going to walk through their door or go online to PGATourSuperstore.com? We'll talk about that a little bit later on in this half hour when uh, Randy joins me. And then, like I say, we'll round out tonight's show with a return visitor from South Florida Teacher of the Year, Chris Chaya. We'll get, uh, so we got right bookend great instructors, you know, talking about tips and some playing lessons that'll help, you know, hopefully both me and you will talk in particular with Chris about hitting consistently good shots from 80 to 100 yards in, right? A lot of us have a problem whether we're, we chunk that shot, maybe we look up and we skull that shot, or we just sort of pull it off to the, the side of the green. How can we get more consistent from 100 yards in? Plus, uh, I need some tips on bunker play, and since I'm going to be down in Florida, and I'll be up this, this coming weekend up outside of Chattanooga, but uh, if I happen to find myself in a bunker, and I'm sure I will when I'm in Florida, how do I get out more consistently? Because I think that's the shot for me that gets my heart rate up uh, more than any other it's you know whether you're hitting too far behind the ball or that's another opportunity to to look up and skull at those sorts of things how do we get out of those greenside bunkers a little more consistently at least give ourselves a chance at par we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when chris joins me a little bit later on in this hour so a lot more great insights and tips coming your way tonight on this edition of next on the tee thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me over the next hour or so before we get started though i want to remind you about our good friend matt 
Matthew Lawrence and his show Backspin Golf, which airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's my regular Sunday, 8.03 a.m. Tea Time. It's broadcast on WLXG ESPN Radio AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. You can stream it live by going online to WLXG.com or by downloading the WLXG app. You guys know how much I think of Matthew, and it's a great way to kickstart your Sunday mornings. His equally as fantastic uh, four-minute older twin brother, Mitchell, also has a great golf show that marries golf and travel, and it's called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can find online at golfnewsnet.com or over on Audio Boom. He and his co-host, Darren Bunch, travel all over the world, and they let you know about great places to play, stay, and even eat while you're there. Again, it's called Talking Golf Getaways, and you can stream it on golfnewsnet.com or over on Audio Boom. And folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about all the great things they've got going on up there. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play legendary golf this season at French Lick Resort. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place it is and to book your stay as well. And folks, you've heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last almost year now. It's the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there. Because other tra- shot trackers tell you what happened, Clubhub's going to tell you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make over on the practice range directly to your round with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Clubhub sensors on all of my clubs, and they screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put the Clubhub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and the green, but after your round, you can go back and look at images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that, lets you go back and review your round the way the Club Hub app does. It's available for Android or iPhones, and the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. Again, no other rangefinder can do all that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com and order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off at all, of all products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. Please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. Their summer collection has arrived. And the shift in seasons is an opportunity to change things up layer upon layer. They make style easy. Find carefully coordinated outfits in a variety of colors and options. The Bobby Jones brand delivers excellence as in the genius that was Bobby Jones himself with their collection of golf performance and lifestyle apparel for both men and women. See it online by going to bobbyjones.com. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line. And I've been, you know, I've been warned when I make his mic go live that I need to stand back and hold on for dear life. And that is my good friend here, Rob Strano. Let me remind you about Rob's background. He is from St. Louis, Missouri. Grew up playing at the same country club as PGA Tour players like Bob Golby, Jay and Jerry Haas, and Frank Connor. 
played his college golf at Centenary College, which has a couple other famous golfers. One is, you know, Hal Sutton. The other famous athlete that went to Centenary, of course, is one of my favorite Celtics of all time, Robert Parrish. Rob played on the PGA Tour, the Nationwide Tour, and the Hooters NGA Tour for 15 years. He won five times out there, the last of which coming at the 1999 Energizer Invitational. He's now one of the top instructors in the game and was named an honorable mention for the top 50 youth golf instructors by U.S. Kids Golf. He is the only top instructor teaching the game children. He's also probably, you've probably also seen Rob on the Golf Channel on Golf Academy Live. He's got a lot of great instructional videos available there. His Strano Golf Academy is located at Kelly Plantation in Destin, Florida, which, like I said a moment ago, was, which is where I'm going to get to go see Rob sometime next week. And I'm honored he is back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Rob, how are you, my friend? Chris, it's great to be on. I'm so excited to be back with you. We have such a fantastic time when we get on the show. And, and, and hey, hey, hang on a second here. I'm sitting at my kitchen table, and I had a golf ball sitting here, and it, I thought it was going to stay, but it's starting to roll away. Hang, hang on. Hang on. I got to go. I got it. Hang on. I'm coming back. Whew, that was close. That ball was, I thought it was staying, but it started to roll off the table, and if I had to stop it, it was going to get to the floor and start bouncing, and it was going to go out the door, and it could have gone down the street for it, so whew. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was going to stay for a second. It was, it was right there on the table. And it was gaining speed, and I had to run around to the other end. And luckily, I was quick enough to get there before it, you know, got off the edge of the table. And whew, that was, that was I'm really sure close. So, so what's I'm sure Phil Mickelson could name that tune about? in three notes. <laughs> <laughs> Is there so. anything going on in the golf world we're going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, right. It's a shame. This is such a dull week. Nothing happening going on around the game of golf. Holy smokes. Rob, I, you know, so we got to kick it off right there, right? Give, give us your assessment for what you saw both, you know, from the tournament itself and then from the golf course at Shinnecock Hills and what the USGA did to it. Well, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this and we, we go to these great golf courses and, and the thing about like, like Shinnecock, for example, is the greens are small and sloping. And when you set the greens and mow them and prepare them like Augusta, and, and I've seen the slope values, I've seen the putting slope books, there's tons of eights and sevens on these greens. And when you make the greens roll at 12 and 13, the ball just won't stay on the slopes. And you, you can't prepare these courses that way. And that tournament would have been great with greens rolling about 10 or barely 11, like they did. Remember when Mickelson and Stenson had that great duel at the British Open, right. and the greens were so slow that year. But it was a great event. If they would have kept the greens at a reasonable speed, it would have been a fabulous, a fabulous U.S. Open. But, you know, interesting thoughts about the U.S. Champions. And quiz question for everybody. How many championships does the USGA run a year, Chris? How many do you think they run total in a year? Wow, when you th- when you think about the U.S. Amateur, the Mid Ams, and I, I would say they probably run uh, a dozen tournaments a year. Sixteen. How many of our professional okay. events? Four. Four. The two senior opens, the men and women's open. Four. They're an amateur golf organization, and they always have been. They aren't a professional organization. They're an amateur organization run by amateurs that happen to host for professional events. Therein lies the problem. If you go look up the board of the USGA, you'll find very few true golf people in there. I always laugh when you'll see in the media reported, 
Oh, the golf writers write about Nicholas Mustakin is so and so at the USGA. And and here's the great one of the greatest golfers of all time, and he talks to them and tells them, Hey, you know, y'all think about this, so this would be a good idea and they they kinda of pat him on the head like the little four year old kid that doesn't know anything and go, Aren't you cute? Aren't you sweet? You're just precious and they squeeze him on the cheek and go, Just you just keep talking, you're so adorable. The guy's <laughs> the guy's probably one of the smartest golf people on the freaking planet. How about you listen to him, you bunch of dumb amateurs running the USGA? And what, what, this is a really amazing little, little minor thing about the USGA. That just goes to the whole US Open. Caddy bibs. The Masters bibs are the Masters bibs. PGA, PGA Championship on the bib. Open Championship says 100 and whatever. Open Championship on it. You know what the Caddy bibs for the US Open say on them? USGA. That says a lot wow. right there. Yeah. You ever notice, you ever notice that? It's USGA. No. Doesn't say, it doesn't say the US, the US Open with the Shinnecock logo on it, or next year the Pebble Beach logo. It says USGA. Hmm. Interesting thing to chew on. So, 12 In, out of, 12 indeed. Events, 12 out of 16 events are amateur events, and the Caddy Bits say USGA on them. That's a big thing, but wait a second. This is the US Open, it's our national championship. Why wouldn't you have the national championship insignia on there for the tournament? Now, course setup aside, um, you know, they keep screwing up the national championship. And it's frustrating. And they had it right for a long time. The U.S. Open is always been hit in the fairway, get it off the fairway, gouge it out. They went to that graduated rough stuff that first time. The players went, hey, this is great. Then they started to go, all the way around with it, and the character of the event changed. It became basically the PGA Championship. They need to go back to one cut or up. That's it. I don't care if you're a step off the fairway. Hit in the fairway. But one cut of up, that's our U.S. Open. That's the U.S. Open. Second thing, stop playing the U.S. Open on British Open golf courses. Aaron Hills, <laughs> are you kidding me? Aaron Hills was awful. It was awful. Shinnecock, yeah, it's it's a really great course. But you know what? U.S. Open rotation should be very much like the British Open rotation. It's Wingfoot, it's Baltus Roll, it's Oakmont, it's Marion, it's Pebble, it's Medina. It is the best of the American golf course. America, USA, this, this is our tournament. Stop taking it to a British Open style golf course. We are in a Lynx style country. Golf course country. We're an American golf course country. Yeah, we got some great links courses. You know, Chambers Bay. Are you kidding me? Huh. You know, another disaster of a U.S. Open choice. Let's stick with American golf courses, set them up like American golf courses, and have our national championship. So, Rob, looking at, and as you mentioned, some of the more recent debacles that have, that have happened with respect to the U.S. Open and course layout and setup. Is, is this an is this an embarrassment for the USGA? Is, is it something that the you know the Mike Davises and his team are going to have to be held accountable for, or do you think this just you know goes away and we all hope and pray that they don't do the same thing to us next year out of Pebble? Question: Who holds them accountable? I've said for years within the USGA there ought to be a board of directors, like the PGA has the policy board. There ought to be a board of the USGA of golf people golf people that oversees the USGA people. 
They're the ones that that oversee it. It ought to be. It ought to be. Nicholas ought to be on it. Absolutely. You ought to have people that love golf. Michael Breen, myself. People that are all about the game of golf, that are passionate about the game of golf, and don't want the national championship to become a, a laughing stock and a joke. There's nobody to hold my, Mike Davis accountable. There's nobody to hold him accountable. Zero. So there, there's going to be no change there in, in that at all. They're going to they're going to keep going on and keep saying we'll figure it out, we'll get it right. They don't. And you know, you look at you know the Dustin Johnson situation in Oakland. That was so miserably handled. Then it was, you know, followed by the Unnorquist Nordquist um, U.S. Women's Open debacle right after that. I mean, there should have been no screw-up there. And then you've got the, the course screw-ups. And, you know, we're going to go to Torrey Pines again in a couple of years. Torrey Pines is not a U.S. Open golf course? Are you kidding me? No, never, ever. But we're going to go out and watch the guys wander around a boring Torrey Pines golf course for the U.S. Open. And, you know, and we're stuck with it. They've already made the choice. So... You know, it's it's a frustrating situation for someone like me that's grown up in the game, historically loves the game, and I'll tell you a year or two story that'll that'll make you just pull your hair out. Back when I played full time, I played the, the the U.S. Open qualifying up in Philadelphia, and in that section, and 36 holes one day, and I had an eagle putt went 15 feet on the last hole to, to make it out right, and I burned the edge, burned the last hole to get the playoff. And it's late in the day, you know, the officials have been out there all day, and the official in charge looks at me and the other two guys and goes, well, you guys must have a scorecard playoff? And I looked at him and I went, what? A scorecard playoff? This is the U.S. Open. This is the first alternate spot into the, the next stage of the U.S. Open. Um, I said, no, what's, what's, the, what's the, the policy for the day say? What do our rules for the day say? It says all ties will be settled by a playoff. And he looked at me and he goes, so you want to play it off? I said, what does what the rule sheet say? He says, well, I guess the traditionalist wants to play it off. Wow. And I looked at him and I went, I just was like, are you kidding me? So we play the first playoff hole, and one guy gets eliminated, and I'm standing on the second team with the official, and he's got his walkie-talkie on a little too loud. And the same guy radios out to him and goes, what happened on the first hole? Did the traditionalist get eliminated, hopefully? And I wow. looked at him, and he looked at me, and he radioed back, and he goes, no, we're out of the second hole. And he lowered the volume, and he goes, just between you and me, you're right. He's wrong. I agree with you. And I won the next playoff hole. I mean, wow. there's your USGA right there. There's there's a great example of the U.S. United States Golf Association. We're going we're gonna to do a, a scorecard playoff What our rules say we, we play this thing off. I mean... It's, I dealt with the frustration with the USGA from that standpoint, but, you know, the, the U.S. Open, um, and the organization itself, um, it's, you don't have any golf people running the organization. And that's, the, that's the problem. Rob, you, you mentioned the Open Championship a moment ago. And you know, when you look back over the history of the Open Championship, certainly the more recent history, sometimes we see, Winners there, double digits under par, like we saw with Jordan. You know, Jordan Speed last year at minus 12. Stenson a couple of years ago in that in that wonderful round that he and Phil played. You mentioned it was 20 under par to win it. And, and but other years like when Phil won in 2013, it's minus three, and Darren Clark in 2011 minus five. Right. So it's it's I think the weather dictates 
kind of what the winning score is going to be. If, if it's if it's cold and damp and rainy and windy, you're going to see you know scores right around par, just a little over. But if it's benign, the courses are gettable, and we see the minus twenties and the minus twelves. And it just sort of seems like the the RNA just lets the tournament be the tournament, and however it plays out, it plays out. The USGA seems like they start with the goal has got to be even par, and then if things don't you know come as planned, like we saw with the weather and the and the wind and the course drying out and that sort of thing, now all of a sudden you've got a disaster. It just seems like they're coming at it from the wrong standpoint. Just let the course be the course, and whatever the weather happens and however it plays out. It doesn't matter if the if the winning score is minus 15 or the winning score is par, but they seem to be coming at it from the opposite direction. That's where I think they've got it wrong. Oh, I, I agree completely, Chris. And, you know, let's just take Wingsfoot, for example. A traditional old course, very, very difficult. Uh, um, you know, they can set it up super difficult, small, slopey greens again. But what happens if they go to, when they go to Wingsfoot next? And they set it up U.S. Open top. And someone just has a great week and they shoot 10 under par to win by, like Tiger did a pebble where, where someone just has an on week and they light it up. Are, are they going to mug him in the parking lot? You know what? These guys are really good players. Set the course up, like you said, like it is and let's just let the guys play. It's okay if the guy plays well, you know, but let's stick with our U.S. open courses, set them up like U.S. open courses and if things don't go as planned with the weather being the, the the firm conditions you hope for, but yet the course is playable, and say the course gets wet and you've got to play lift clean in place and the, and the green kicks off and we're, th- we're throwing darts as players, well, darn, we're really good and we're going to be able to put some scores up. Oh, well, well, we're not curing cancer here. We're playing golf. Let's just let it be, let it be what it is. Right. Switching gears just slightly, Rob, and the, you know the, the, the as you mentioned right at the top, right penalty on Phil Phil Mickelson, and I guess by the letter of the law, the two-stroke penalty, you know, is what's in in the rule book. But should he have been disqualified for the spectacle he made of the situation, and considering his stature within the game, or do you think it was calculated by Phil and he was trying to make a statement to the USGA? Um, great, great question. Okay. Tackle the first one about the DQ. Absolutely not. Because Daly was not DQ'd at Pinehurst. So, if, if Daly's going to hit a moving ball out of frustration, and Phil's going to hit a moving ball out of frustration, you've got to apply it applicably. If you decide to DQ him, you're, you, you've just totally, really done something even more stupid. Um, the Mickelson thing. Anybody that's put their name on a scorecard at a big-time event inside the ropes has at some point or another had enough. You've, you've reached the point of totally mentally losing it. You've gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> that's Phil. He went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He'd had enough. He had, he had driven the ball beautifully. He couldn't figure out how to get the ball in the hole from the, from the fairway for three days. And had reached the point of, I've all of a sudden just completely, the springs have sprung, the dam is broken, and at that moment, he just lost it and just chased it down and batted it back. Now, with that said, he's not fooling anybody that's played the game legitimately by what he said. We all know he just lost it for a moment and couldn't 
had no clarity as to what to do other than what he did. If he would have just gone in front of the media and gone, look, guys, I just lost my brains. I just flat snapped. It was, I just, I couldn't stop myself. There's nothing I could do. My brain was yelling, don't, 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 and my body did. I'm sorry. I apologize. I played golf competitively since I, was, since I could walk. Just, it was that kind of a week for me. From the middle of the fairway, I couldn't figure out how to get it close to where these flags are. They're, they're hanging off the edge of cliffs, and my putting touch was bad. Just, just wasn't my best moment. Sorry to everybody. If he would have just said that, we would all gone, boy, Ben there wanted to do that. Just like having yeah. Gilmore bending down, bending down at the golf ball going, why won't you go home? Go to your home. <laughs> We've all wanted to do that. We've all wanted to do that. You know? I don't know that Avis have wanted yep. to punch Bob Barker or anybody else that's a celebrity in a prime with us, but, you know, we've all wanted to bend over and, and yell at the golf ball to go home. And Phil, just for one moment in time there, just, like I said, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Rob, a couple more before I let you go. So, emerging from all the rubble, right, is Brooks Kepka, now the winner of back-to-back U.S. Opens. He leaps from number nine in the world golf rankings up to number four. And I don't think I've seen a guy with as quick an overall swing on his backswing to his, you know, to how fast he swings, you know, in the downswing like his since you know, maybe Tom Watson. And I'm curious to get your assessment of Brook, uh, Brooks Kepka's swing and his overall game. Tell you what, his, his swing is very technically sound for a guy. It's big and strong. He's kind of like Stenson. He kind of, he, he kind of looks like he's swinging a wooden doll. It's just, you know, or, or alignment sticks. It's just, the club just looks like it's very, very weightless in his hand. And, and as he moves, it's just, he sets that club in a great strong position. And then from there, as the club orbits him coming down, he slots it and just slams it into the back of the ball. When you're big and strong like that, and you can deliver the club that squarely with the path that cleanly and the face under control, boy, you can hit the middle of the club face a lot and hit a lot of great quality shots and really launch that ball up in the air. So, you know, the, the future for this kid is, is phenomenal. And, and I actually predicted him winning last year's U.S. Open. I called that on social media. I said, Kepka's my guy. And turned out he won and didn't have the courage of my convictions this year to, to go with him back to back just because he had been hurt. But, um, he sure, you know, put it together and looks like he's got a game that's got lots of, lots and lots of longevity. Um, as long as he can stay healthy. And the good thing is his swing to me doesn't look like it's ever going to hurt him. He's got power, but it doesn't look like he's ever doing anything to break his body. Not unlike Tiger, who had power with effort, and it always looked like he was going to hurt himself at some point. I don't see that out of any of Kepka's moves or positions he gets in. He always looks like he's in a very stable physical position no matter where it is. Rob, i got to get a, a playing lesson from you before I let you go. And um, you've got a wonderful video along with Michael Breed that people can see on your website, stranogolf.com, about how we can improve our putting by using a wedge. Talk about that drill. Well, the great thing about that drill is it, it does several things. Number one, in order to, to belly a wedge or blade a wedge and putt it, the wedge can't be going down, otherwise you'll chip it. When you putt, you want about four degrees of rise out of the putter. 
So when the putter is rising with about four degrees of, of rise and three degrees of loft, it's not bouncing because you're hitting down on it. In order to hit the ball with rise with the wedge, the ball position also has to be forward. You can't have it in the middle of your body. It's got to be forward kind of towards the logo on your left side of your shirt or the middle of the left pet. If you have it there and the putter is rising, you'll hit it right in the middle of the ball, which is a very precise spot to hit it. The ball will turn over and roll right away. And then because you're hitting with the leading edge of the wedge, it's got to be pointing straight ahead too. So you've got to keep the face calm. You can't flip it around or wiggle it with your hands because then you'll miss wildly left or, you know, if you shove it, you'll miss wildly right. So it teaches you face control because the edge of the, put- the wedge has to be-, be under control. It teaches you good ball position and good delivery rise into the back of the ball to get it, turn- get it to turn over and roll. You cut, you put those together and you become a good putter. You know, out of tour, if you see a guy putting with his wedge, you usually don't walk up to him and go, Hey, you want to putt for a hundred bucks? Because he's probably <laughs> going to beat you bad. Rob, remind our listeners how they can follow you both online and over social media as well. Well, online, I always say I'm the easiest person to find on the planet. Online, stranogolf.com. You can find out everything about the academy there. Watch a bunch of golf channel videos and See some other stuff there for players and information about how to schedule a training session for me here down here at the beach in Destin, Florida. Great spot. Come down and bring your family. Come hang out with me. We'll improve your game. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just Rob Strano on Facebook. You can also go to Strano Golf Academy and find stuff over on YouTube. Visit Strano Golf Academy there, and you'll see a bunch of fun videos, whether they're recruiting videos, instruction videos, or some other cool stuff. I've done and posted on YouTube. So lots of good content out there. And uh, feel free to reach out to me via email, stranogolf.gmail.com. Give me a call at the Academy. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And, Chris, thanks again for having me. It's always a ball to be out with you. Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you down here at the beach next week. Yeah, God knows. I can't wait to get down there and check it out. So thank you so much, Rob, for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. You're right. It's always a great time when I get to spend some time with you. You're fantastic, my friend. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again for having me. And by the way, that ball is still sitting here. It's, I'm going to mark it now because it stayed on the table. <laughs> I'm going to mark it, lift it, clean it, and put it back in place. It's still on the table. <laughs> That's awesome. Take care, Rob. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Chris. See ya. See ya. That's a great Rob Strano, S-T-R-A-N-O, stranogolf.com. He's got a lot of great uh, playing lessons, tips. Like you said, go out on YouTube, check him out there. A lot of great videos. And uh, the one with uh, with Michael Breed and that putting stroke with the, with the wedge is fantastic. That I'll be practicing that between now and this weekend. So, anyway, look forward to getting, getting uh, back uh, together with Rob again real soon. All right, before I get to my next guest, Randy Pice, I want to give a, a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors. First, folks, you hear, you've been hearing me talk almost for the last year about Clubhub Sensors, and it's the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there because other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub's going to tell you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make over on the practice tee directly to your rounds. Well, the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Clubhub Sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put the Club Up Sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and the green, but after your round, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. 
No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available for Androids or iPhones, and the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. And again, no other rangefinder can do all that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com to order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all products at checkout. Again, clubhub app, clubhubgolf.com and enter the coupon code NEXT and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. And folks, I got to tell you how excited I am about a new weapon I have in my golf bag. And for the last couple of months, I've been playing the new M4 driver from TaylorMade Golf. And if you haven't tried their new twist face technology, you're missing out. I don't know about you, but I don't hit it in the center of the face every single time. And after studying hundreds of thousands of swings from pros and amateurs like us, TaylorMade designed their new drivers to help protect our miss hits and give us straighter distance. So whether your miss is on the low heel or the high toe, Twist Face helps bring the ball back to center, keeping the distance that we want and finding the fairway more often. I'm hitting more fairways than I ever have, and the new drivers are also the choice of some pretty good golfers you might recognize, right? Twist Face is played by Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, John Rahm, and Justin Rose, to name just a few, and it's dominating the top 10 out on tour. So if you haven't tried Twist Face, go hit it and get fit. It's in the new M3 and M4 drivers, only from TaylorMade. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Randy Pice. Randy is the Senior Vice President of Operations for the PGA Tour Superstore. Let me give you some background on Randy. He earned his MBA in Public Relations and Communications from Auburn. Over the course of his career, he has spent time as a senior merchant for Golfsmith and a vice president over at the Sports Authority. He joined the PGA Tour Superstore as a VP of Merchandising back in November of 2011, and he started his current role as the senior VP of Operations back in January of 2016. And I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Randy, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me back. So, Randy, the the theme of the night, as you can imagine, is the U.S. Open. So I want to get some quick thoughts from you about what we saw over the weekend. Did you enjoy watching the tournament, or did the course issues and the complaints from the players make it a little less exciting to watch? Well, I always enjoy the U.S. Open. I love I love the coverage. I like that it it starts uh, early in the day, and you can you can watch it kind of throughout the day. I do have to tell you something related to the U.S. Open that you, when you read off all the players playing twist face, you left off our U.S. Open champion who just won the U.S. Open with it. Brooks Kepka has that in his bag as well. So, uh, he certainly looked better than anyone else on Sunday afternoon. Um, not only hitting that driver, but all the up and downs he had, but I love the U.S. Open. Um, it's a great tournament. Um, I, I, I think you and I have a, maybe a little bit of partiality toward the Masters, but my next favorite one is the U.S. Open. I know a lot of people would say it's the Open Championship, but I definitely enjoy uh, the U.S. Open and all, all the different courses they play. Uh, it, was, it was kind of unique to, uh, to see it. Yeah, you, you, I, it was frustrating for the players, I'm sure, on Saturday. Um, as a fan, I think there's a part of us 
that wants to see a pro shoot 80 because then we, we kind of think, okay, we can do it too. Um, I don't think any of us would be able to shoot 80 on the, the conditions that they had set up there. And I would have hoped that after the last time at Shinnecock that the, uh, the USGA would have made it, uh, made a few improvements. And I, and I think they did, but, uh, they could probably tell you they, uh, they made a few mistakes this time around as well. So maybe before 2026, uh, they'll have it figured out at Shinnecock. So Randy, when we have a tournament like this where the winner isn't necessarily the top story coming out of the weekend. Does the negativity surrounding the tournament reach all the way to you guys at the PGA Tour Superstore? Do you guys have a negative impact on same week sales over last year based on how well this tournament or how poorly maybe this tournament turned out? Uh, not exactly, and, and uh, we if, if sales are in any indication of it, uh, give me what happened this weekend every time because we, we certainly had a fantastic weekend and uh, we've been having a, a really fantastic year as well this year. Um, and I, I think for us, um, the the biggest thing as it relates to retail is the exposure uh, that golf gets. And sometimes negative, sometimes positive, but it really, there were a lot of things this weekend um, that were that were a little bit worrisome and that Tiger and some of the other big names didn't make the cut. Uh, but there was a lot of talk and buzz generated with, with the stuff that was going on. I think, like I said, whether you're, whether it was positive or negative, Twitter was full of comments about the U.S. Open. And anytime people are talking about golf and sometimes even in a negative way, it's, uh, it, it helps us. Um, but I think even more so than that, and part of the reason why I like the U.S. Open coverage is they show a lot of different players, a lot of different shots. And as part of that, you see a lot of different fashion out there and and golf fashion isn't what it used to be and you used to be able to turn the tv on and everyone was wearing pleated khakis and an oversized cotton shirt and it all kind of looked the same and now there's so many different looks out there and the, the way that that people look and and what they're wearing and all the different footwear and and apparel that's, that's out on the market um in addition to players bombing it so far with these clubs is really really good for us because it takes the average consumer that, you know, it used to be you had your brown saddle shoes. You could keep those for four or five years, and we would go to a line review, and the vendor would look across the table and say, well, this is this year's brown saddle shoe. And it's no no longer <laughs> that way. There's, there's spikeless and spiked and athletic and traditional and, and all, all kinds of different ways that, that, that you can look and feel on the golf course. And all of those shoes seem to be, just taking one more step in in the comfort level, and and I don't know if you ever wore the the welted construction real spike shoes when you had to screw in those 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 actual yes. feet. Um, but they, if you walked uh, even nine holes back in the day with those shoes, you were feeling it at the end. You couldn't wait to get those things off, and now you're wearing spikeless shoes for 18, 27, or 36 holes, and you're wearing the same pair out to dinner. So it's a, it's a very different world we live in, and uh, like I said, the the exposure that the U.S. Open brings us, it's just great when people are talking about golf, even if it's something negative like the Phil Mickelson thing or the setup between the, uh, the the way the course was set up. And Randy, as you mentioned, you know you guys are having a great year. You're on the heels of a record-breaking year in 2017. Talk about how things have been going at the PGA Tour Superstore, and 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 a time when retail outlets are closing left and right. 
You guys are doing the exact opposite. You're adding more and more and more. And that, that's, we are, we are really, we, we come into the office every day and, and we, we really say, you know, we're, we're so fortunate to be in the position we are and we're, we're, there are a lot of things working in our favor, but I, I think the, the thing that separates us maybe from not only retailers, but golf retailers as well is that experience that we provide. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the internet and the, the age of the internet and, and that part of our business is growing very, very fast as well. But the experience that you get and whether that's coming in for a club fitting or a ball fitting or even a footwear fitting, we have footwear specialists now talking about the different ways that we walk and does your foot pronate and how do you like to, you know, what type of swing style do you have and all those different things. You can't get that from an online experience and you quite frankly can't get it from many other retailers out there. And I, I, I hear all the time, I read these letters that people are frustrated today because a lot of companies, they're literally driven by the bottom line. And when sales struggle even a little bit, everybody cuts payroll and that leads to not a lot of help on a retail sales floor. And we, we think quite the opposite because we want to greet every single customer that walks in. And I read these letters every day about I had such a great experience and I came in to buy a shirt and I ended up buying a club and balls and shoes and, and they took me through the whole process of what the setup is. And we have 73 different styles of golf balls on the shelf. It's pretty hard to try to figure out which one's right for you. And I think that's part of the experience of, hey, walk me through it. Tell me about your game. Tell me what's going on in your game. How are you hitting it? Is it left to right? What are you struggling with? And and even if the person just needs a lesson, we can help with that, too. Or they need to uh, keep their driver, which we have that, too. People come in with their current gamer, and uh, we do a tweak or two, maybe turn a screw in the driver, and they walk out with the same one they had. And I think that's the difference between us and others. We we want our customers to play better golf. And if that means they need to buy something new, great. That's good for us and them. If it doesn't, then we're happy that they're playing better golf and we feel like they're going to come back and, and trust us even more when we tell them, hey, you might not need a new driver. You might not You need to just twist the screw a little bit and let's get it turning right to left instead of left to right for you. And off they go and they're as happy as can be. And we know that when it's time to come back and replace something, they're coming to us because they trust us now. And Randy, here we are, right? We're on the heels of Father's Day weekend, right? And as you talk about all the things that you guys have to offer, talk about some of the hot selling items from this past weekend. So if, you know, for, for the dads and the people that have a PGA Tour Superstore gift card, maybe that's what we got for Father's Day so we could go out and pick out something for ourselves. Talk about what, you know, they should be coming into your local stores or checking out online that were some of the top selling items. Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that because you're asking it at the perfect time because we're coming off of the biggest single day, which was this past Saturday in the history of our company, and the biggest biggest single week uh, this past week in the history of our company. So Father's Day is always a big week for golf, but we were able to celebrate a couple of big milestones there, and I was looking at the list of uh, top sellers over the last couple of days, and there is some great product out there. You mentioned TaylorMade. Uh, the twist face continues to be big. Uh, golf balls and apparel tend to be huge uh, during Father's Day week, as well as uh, either GPS or a rangefinder devices, and we've got some great ones uh, along those lines. We've got Titleist has a new ball called the AVX. We sold a ton of those uh, over the week. 
tricks on. Uh, it was in the middle of a promotion. We sold a ton of those golf balls. And Callaway is always a big seller, and they continue to innovate. Um, they have a ball called the Chrome Soft, um, as well as the Super Soft, both at two different price points, kind of appealing to different golfers. Uh, those balls are always in the top sellers. And what's very unique about Callaway is they have a ball that kind of looks like a soccer ball. It's called the True Viz with some unique technology where the ball actually looks bigger when you look down at it. And what's crazy about our business now, we talked about all the fashion and apparel and footwear. In golf balls, we're approaching 40% now of our golf ball sales that are not white golf balls. And it's very, very unique because just about the whole world was playing only white golf balls. There was a little phase in the 80s and early 90s where some yellows and oranges popped up. But between True Viz and all these bright, vibrant colors that are out there now, um, that's a really cool gift for dad. And we sold a ton of that stuff um, over the weekend. Uh, so if you haven't tried either True Viz or something that's yellow or bright, you know, I'd, I'd recommend that. And, and it's not, you know, the, we, it's not just for kids or, or millennials that are, that are liking these colors. There's a, even the traditional players, there's a guy in our office that I never thought would go to a, a, a non-white golf ball and he's playing a bright yellow Titleist AVX. Uh, great player, single digit handicap, and he, he loves it. So we, there's a lot of this newness and freshness out there. Um, if you haven't heard of a brand called Travis Matthew, uh, really cool apparel brand. Um, they have recently become our number one, uh, selling polo in our store. So when you look at, uh, when you look at that, um, you know, if you take all the promos away and you just come in for, for the shirt and the, the shirts that we have out there on the rack, they're, they're number one. So uh, it's a pretty cool brand, and we sold a lot of Travis Matthew apparel um, over the week. Um, and then if, I, I can't leave out uh, a range finders and, and GPSs, and we've got something new this year. And newness from the manufacturers is always great because you used to have to choose. And I, I typically wear a watch on the golf course, uh, and I've always been somebody who likes GPS with front, middle, back, and distances over hazards. Lots of people like to actually shoot the pin and get your exact yardage to the pin. Uh, we have a product now that actually does both of that. It's a hybrid of both. So it, you can shoot the pin, and then you can look on the screen and see front, middle, back, and distance over hazards as well. So that is for the dad who has everything golf-related. He probably didn't have that. So if you haven't checked that out yet, that's, that's a really cool item uh, from our store and that we've sold a ton of. And, uh, you know, I... If if a driver's your game, we we always sell a lot of drivers um, during this time as well, and we we've got some great offerings. You mentioned the TaylorMade drivers, and those are the Twist Face has been been really phenomenal, uh, along with the Rogue from Callaway, the G400 from uh, from Ping, um, and the Titleist 917. Uh, still, all really great products. Um, so we we've got a whole store full. I I could go on with this conversation. Uh, through your next couple of commercial breaks, but I'll, I'll probably have to cut myself off here. So a couple of things based on all of that that you just gave us. First of all, on the apparel side, right? One of the things that I've noticed that now you can do uh, on PGATourSuperstore.com is you can shop for the specific apparel and the gear from some of the top players out on tour. You can get the shirts and hats that they are going to wear each day, in the tournament, plus you can see, you know, which clubs they play, the golf ball they're playing, the glove they play, what shoes they wear. Talk about the ability to go online and get the actual actual gear and apparel 
that some of the best in the game are using. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, a, a great item to talk about. We we actually it, it's kind of cool because you, you go back and you look at these tournaments and you see what people are browsing during the tournament. And we're in a, we're in a world today where one screen is not enough. You can't just have the U.S. Open on your TV. So you're on your browser, you're checking out what they're saying on Twitter, and then in the meantime, you're going and saying, "Hey, man." That Brooks Kepka, those shoes, what are those shoes all about? And you're clicking on that and seeing that. You're seeing what apparel is out there. You're seeing what ball um, guys are playing, what golf clubs they're using. Um, oh, that putter looks really cool. I got to see what, what's that putter all about. And it, it definitely is a different world than what we used to live in and where you can see it right up to the minute and every single tournament. And it's even good for us when, you know, people talk about tour players switching in and out a lot. I think. If you look at somebody like Dustin Johnson, who won the week prior to the U.S. Open, um, he's won a couple of different tournaments over the last six months with different putters in his back. So here's a guy who's at the top of his game, the number one golfer in the world, and he's switching he's switching putters after winning a tournament with a putter. It's, it's almost unheard of um, that he would do that at the top of his game, and, and yet he goes out and wins with the new putter as well. So people are looking at that and saying, Hey, what's that putter DJ has in his bag? I, I really want to see that. I want to check it out and see what he's doing. And, you know, even, you know, Tiger, his ability to sell apparel is phenomenal. Uh, people want to look like Tiger. They want to wear the shirts that, that Tiger's wearing and, and the hats. And I, I think we talked a little bit about this, uh, during our last interview, just how, how much business, um, can be driven, but people are wanting to be in the know. This is why tour players have such a following on Twitter and why people go on to websites like PGA Tour Superstore to find out what's in their bag. What are they hitting? What are they playing? What are they wearing? And that's always great. And I think from my perspective, if, if I know a guy can walk as much as these guys walk in a pair of shoes, I'm going to think twice about getting those shoes as well because they're not going to put it on their feet if they're, uh, if they're uncomfortable and, same with the apparel they're using. And, and a lot of these guys now, the money they make in tournaments far outweighs uh, the endorsement deals. So you look at a guy like Patrick Reed, who doesn't even have an equipment contract, and you say, hey, what's that guy have in his bag? I want to see what, what he's playing with. And, um, you know, to a certain degree, you know, Brooks Kepka was in that camp a little bit after the, after the, uh, the Nike exited the equipment business. And, yeah, so for him to go to the twist face, you know, certainly speaks volumes on that too. They, these guys have a lot of choices. And, uh, so to see what they're playing is, it really resonates with, uh, with the consumer. Randy, just a couple more before we let you go. And one of the things I tell my buddies is to go to the PGA Tour Superstore and get fit for your clubs. I have a buddy up in Myrtle Beach where you've got a couple of locations. And I told him, look, either get yourself some new clubs or just take the existing set that you have and walk in there and get fit for them. He had no idea that he could bring his current set of clubs, however old they are, and still get fit for them. Talk about that service that you provide to all of us. Yeah, and so we we recommend that to anyone playing golf at any level. We have a lot of people who walk into our giant stores with all this equipment and assortment, and they're intimidated because they're new golfers. And they feel like, okay, are they really going to be able to help me? Don't I have to be really good to walk in here? And that's not the case at all. We We can take somebody from the absolute infancy of their golf stage all the way through people who are 
you know, a swing or two away from being on the, on the, on a tour somewhere. And we can fit them and we recommend bring your old clubs. And like I said earlier in the show, if you don't, if you don't need a new set of clubs, we're not the type of company that's ramming this product down your throat because in our business, we feel like it's a relationship business. We want a relationship with the golfer. And if that, re- and relationships are based on honesty and trust. And so that's what we seek to do is to gain that trust from the second someone walks in the store. So they're walking in with a full bag of clubs. They might need all of that entire set replaced. They might need one club replaced, or they might just need a set, uh, uh, some grips or clubs being bent to the right spec- specifications. It amazes me how many people play clubs that they haven't been custom fit for, and it, it, it's clearly the wrong thing to do. If you go in, is it the, what, the way I equate it is, if you go to a car dealership and buy a new car, okay, or even if you go and rent a car, the very first thing you're going to do when you sit in that new car and you drive it off the lot or you drive a rental car off the lot, before you ever even put it in drive, what are you doing? You're, you're adjusting the mirrors. You're adjusting the seat to make sure the seat fits there. You want to be able to see out the rear view mirror. Those are the kind of tweaks you have to have on your golf game. And if you're buying a, spe- if you're buying a standard stock set of anything or a stock driver or fairway wood and you've never been fit for it, you take the risk that that seat is so far back that you can't even reach the pedal on the uh, on the driver's side or the mirror is being pointed straight down to the road and you can't even see the car behind you. And so unless you have the proper tweaks and the proper fitting, you're never going to be able to maximize your ability to drive a golf ball just like you wouldn't drive a car effectively if the person that had it before the rental car before you was six foot eight and you're five foot two. So that that's really an important step, no matter what you do. And even if you know we're not we're not a high pressure organization, as I said, if you just came into your Myrtle Beach store, you have have our guy go in, see John Wagner, see Terry Minogue, and say, "Hey, listen, I I've got to I, I just I want to make sure my clubs are right for me. I'm bringing my whole bag in. Can you set me up with someone that can bring me in?" It doesn't take long. You take a few swings and, and we can get you playing better golf. Whether that means you spend $1 or $10,000, we're going to help you play better golf. And it doesn't always mean you have to spend a lot of money. Sometimes it's just a tweak here or there. Or like I said, we can bring your clubs into the repair area, give a little bend here or there, put a new grip on, and you'll be on your way. Uh, but it, there's a lot that, uh, that, that goes into making your golf clubs work effectively for you. So if you've never had that experience or you're playing a set that your uncle or your grandfather or your dad just passed down to you, it's time to come into PGA Tour Superstore. Right. And and to that end, Randy, right? So you know, if you're just getting it fit and you're getting it bent a little here or there, but you know, the angle or the lie, right? That stuff doesn't mm-hmm. cost anything. Cost nothing. And that, that's what I said. Much of our game improvement, and these are the letters that I really enjoy, is when someone comes in and says, write the letter, I didn't spend a dollar in your store today, and I'm playing much better golf because somebody took a, a wrench and turned my driver and adjusted it the right way, or my fairway or my hybrid, or took my iron sets and said, all you need is new grips, or we needed a half a degree up. And those are, to us in the business, really easy fixes. Um, and to a lot of people that, you know, they, they think it's rocket science. If, if you don't know anything about your, your car, 
but your engine keeps knocking and knocking and you just never, the car's never driving the right way, you're probably going to drive it into a dealership and say, can you find out what, how I can drive this car a little bit better? And, you know, it may just be an oil change. It may be a full transmission, but they're going to tell you what it'll take and we'll do the exact same way. And we, uh, we, we love to see people improve their golf game. And, you know, and sometimes it's just a golf ball change too. They changing something that simple. So it's, it's really fun for us. Uh, we're in a very fun and unique business that is, is thriving and it's thriving because of the tens of thousands of experiences that I'm describing that go on across our stores every weekday and year. And it's, um, it's really a privilege to, to be in this business and it's, it's fun to, to, uh, to hear the stories. Uh, you know, I, I hear them everywhere I go. Um, you know, I, I hear them. I, I, run into people in the airport when I'm wearing a PGA Tour Superstore shirt and just hear how much they love our stores. And that's, that's what makes my job so much fun is that I know that people lean on our stores and depend on us, uh, you know, for something. If, if, if we were in the restaurant business, we would love people enjoying the meals, but, uh, but we love people coming in and saying, I can't wait to go play golf, play golf and play better golf. And that's really what it's all about for us. And that's uh, the game of a lifetime. And it's something that, as we just celebrated, you share with your dad and the kids share with their dad and dads share with their kids and, and grandkids. And uh, you can play it your whole life. And so it's uh, it's an emotional game. It's a fun game. And, and you can probably sense that I just have a little bit of passion about this. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and a quick shout out to the guys at the, the Kennesaw, Georgia location. They've done great work for me from fitting me to my clubs and regripping my clubs uh, several times for me and then done some uh, quick lessons uh, to help me and my son, who's a junior golfer. So uh, it's a great location. I enjoy going in there as often as I possibly can. Randy, well, before thanks, we let you thanks. go, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things that uh, that you guys are doing and, and also follow you on uh, online and on social media. Yeah, so thanks for saying that. So PGA Tour Superstore.com is our, is our website. And, uh, please go to that for all the updates. We're also at, at PGA Tour Superstore on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me. I'm at Randy Peitch. Uh, just look, look me up and it's, uh, it's always fun. I, I like to, uh, to pass along a few tidbits every now and then, but, uh, but our store's website is, uh, is awesome. The, t- the Twitter handle, we're, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us all over and, uh, you don't have to look very far. Uh, we're also the, uh, if you shop on pgatour.com, uh, that's also our fulfillment center. So you'll go right into our store if you go to pgatour.com uh, and click on the shop icon. So lots of different ways to find us and, uh, we're out there and very active on social media as are a lot of our, our valued customers. Well, Randy, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and, and be a part of the show. It's always so much fun sharing a segment with you. I hope you'll come back and do it again real soon, my friend. Well, likewise, I will, Chris, and we're, we're happy to take you in our store anytime. Please uh, stop by and tell Chris and Tim Wilkes out there that, uh, that we said hello and um, definitely come back in and see us at any time. And uh, thank you for for having us and especially on such an exciting week for us. But uh, we've got a long summer ahead of, of great golf and look forward to uh, to seeing you back in our store as well as uh, all of your listeners. I appreciate it, Randy. Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again real soon. Likewise, Chris. Thank you. 
That is Randy Peich, again, uh, Senior Vice President of Operations at the PGA Tour Superstore. And like I say, you hear me saying it every week here on the show, right? What a wonderful outlet that they have everywhere you go. It's a, uh, this past weekend, it was a dad wonderland and it's a golf wonderland. And, uh, I get a little excited every time I, I start walking up on the, on the entry door to the, to my local, uh, shop here in, uh, in Kennesaw. When that door opens, it's just, it's an amazing feeling, and uh, they do such a uh, such a wonderful job. Just had my clubs regripped here a couple of weeks ago. They did a fantastic job with that. I got fit. They let me know that I'm a, my lie angle was uh, a little off, and I'm one one degree up. And they bent the clubs for me, and and uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. And I just love everything about the PGA Tour Superstore, and and Randy's so exciting every time. I love the enthusiasm in Randy's voice and the passion that he has, and look forward to getting him back on the show again real soon. All right, before I get to my next guest, Chris Chaya, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors. First, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Par Bar. Energy and focus on the course are essential, whether you're playing, you know, out on tour, in your club championship, and the member guests like I'll be playing in this weekend or just your weekend four ball with your buddies. Par Bar is the golfer's nutritional bar that can help you with both of those things, energy and focus. Eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished. You're going to play with more energy and focus to win. Par Bar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best. Go online to parbargolf.com and order yours today. We also really appreciate our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. All Ben Hogan irons and wedges are handcrafted one at a time in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. No mass production, no shortcuts. You can now order custom-made irons, wedges, and hybrids at BenHoganGolf.com. They'll build their clubs to your specifications, and best of all, charge you a fraction of the retail price. Check out their complete line of forged irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, bags, and accessories by going online to BenHoganGolf.com. All right, now back in making his fourth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Chris Chaya. Let me remind you about Chris's background. He's from Greenwich, Connecticut, played his college golf at East Carolina University and earned his degree in marketing. He's been a, a PGA golf instructor for the last 25 years at Boca West Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida. And if you haven't checked out that golf course, go online and, and check it out. It is fantastic looking. He was named the PGA, uh, PGA Teacher of the Year for the South Florida section of the the PGA of America back in 2009 and has been so every year since. He's also been a swing fix instructor and contributor doing videos, analysis, and writing articles for the Golf Channel. And I'm honored he is back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, my pleasure. Good to be with you. So, Chris, as you can imagine, the topic of the night is the U is the U.S. Open and what we saw at uh, at Shinnecock? I want to get your thoughts. What did you think about what you saw this past weekend? Well, uh, for, first and foremost, uh, I want to congratulate Brooks Kepka for. I mean, it's just an outstanding uh, back-to-back win in the U.S. Open. But um, being from uh, that part of the country, uh, Shinnecock Hills uh, is an amazing place, and uh, I was very excited to watch it on TV. Uh, I knew it was going to be exciting, so. Uh, it was, uh, an extremely exciting event. And I, I know, uh, the course, you know, played a little tough, but, uh, it was fun to watch. And I think, uh, at the, at the end, uh, we, we had a great champion. So, um, it was a great week. So, 
Chris, you know, to your point, being from that part of the country, and and I'm sure, you know, you whether you've been to Shinnecock Live or you've seen some of the, you know, the previous tournaments that uh, that's been held there, the U.S. Open, this is kind of two in a row that uh, didn't come off, uh, I think, the way the USGA had hoped. When, when you look at it, do, do you shake your head? Do you say, you know, that's not the Shinnecock? I know, and you know the guys that I know there would would have you know had this course in in better condition, and you sort of wonder, gee, what's the USGA thinking? Well, uh, the way I look at it, it's just the same as when uh, I remember one, one time at uh, at the Boca West Country Club, they uh, one of the members asked me one time, he said, "What do you think uh, the, the fact that uh, Pete Dye may be doing a, a golf course uh, for Boca West? What do you think about that? It's fantastic." You know, I, I know that, uh, you know, golf course architects know a lot more about designing a golf course than, than I do. Uh, even though I consider myself an expert in the industry, I'm not a golf course designer. So I kind of respect what the top people do when they design golf courses, just like with the USGA, I respect what their experts do in the course setup. Um, so I don't like to really go out and, and critique what Either the PGA does in their setups and, and in the big tournaments I've played in, uh, with the PGA, uh, when they set up a course, uh, it's like a major and, and I know they know what they're doing. So I think the USGA, they did the right thing in the way the Shinnecock was presented with, you know, the fewer trees. It was more open. Uh, they added the fescue and, and really got that course to those specs, which I think was great. Um, you know, with the wind and some other variables, I think it, it really affected the golf course and some pin placements. Uh, I think the USGA, they know what they're doing. And when it all shakes out at the end, there's always a great champion. Um, so, you know, Ray Floyd won at Shinnecock, uh, I believe Corey Pavin. But, uh, with, with that event, uh, with the outcome, I, I think, uh, you know, they, they did a really good job with the course. I thought it was spectacular, but it just played tough because of conditions. And Chris, we've, we've mentioned your home course there, Boca West, which like in your intro, I say, you know, looks like an amazing place to play golf. You've got courses there designed by Pete Dye, which you mentioned, also Arnold Palmer and Jim Fazio. And, uh, you, and folks, please go check it out online, bocawestcc.org. Talk about well, your home th- facility. Thank you for that. Uh, it's spectacular. I know, uh, I really enjoyed listening to your last guest, Randy, with the PGA Superstore. And, you know, just to give the listeners an idea about Boca West, I mean, there's four courses. There's two Arnold Palmer designs, and they're all in just perfect condition. The club last year recently opened an additional 160,000 square foot of clubhouse in the golf building. Uh, so the pro shop is spectacular. There's an indoor simulator in both locker rooms. Uh, the restaurants are unbelievable. But the, the golf is, you know, is king at, at Boca West. The... The courses are, are just super. Um, you, you can uh, you always play you know with four courses. The variety is uh, is really very unique for a country club. Um, so two of the courses have past Palum, um, fairway and roughs with with the Bermuda greens, and two courses have Bermuda rough with past Palum fairways, which is kind of unique, uh, which, which which gives the course that playability. So. Yeah, if, if, if people can, can come down and, and check out Boca West Country Club, uh, I would love to see them out there. And it's, it's the number one, uh, rated residential community in the country. So it's got, uh, it's got all the amenities. It's, 
I think there's 35 tennis courts. Uh, uh, so it's really a beautiful top country club in, in the area and in, in the country. And uh, anybody that's interested, please check it out online or, or stop by down in Boca Raton and, and check it out. So, Chris, you're, you're right there on the water, right? You're stone's throw from from the Atlantic Ocean. So i got to imagine mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lot of the same things that we saw at Shinnecock with wind, right? So wind, afternoon rains, those sorts of things. Talk about, you know, give us tips for, for, those, for those folks that live in that kind of climate, right? How do we deal with the constant wind coming off the ocean? How do we get better shots towards the green, particularly when we're looking at 100 yards in? Because those sort of sand wedge, Wedge shots tend to balloon when we're dealing with the wind. How do we hit better shots when we're dealing with windy conditions? Well, first of all, when it's windy, that's the time when you want to go out to the range and and get a feel for the conditions. Don't shy away from the, the range or the golf course when the conditions are not perfect uh, because that's how you learn how to play the game. When, when you catch a day maybe with light rain, go out and play on the course in, in the light rain as long as uh, there's no lightning. If there's wind, you know, go out and, and try to learn how to control your trajectory in the wind. Uh, I'm a big believer, as you know, uh, we've, we've talked about this in the past on your show. I'm a big uh, believer in on-course instruction. So I would encourage list- listeners to uh, hook up with a pro and, and take on-course instruction and also work on trajectory when you're on the driving range or the short game uh, practice areas that, that you might have access to with a professional and, and learn uh, some of the technique and, and how to lower and how to control the trajectory in different conditions. So, um, you know, when I'm out, out there working on my wedge play, I spend a lot of time with uh, hitting pitching wedge shots, not always the lofted sand wedge and lob wedge. Uh, I work a lot with the pitching wedge to get a feel for trajectory, which I then transfer over to my, my other wedge play. So to that end, Chris, is, is, and I need a couple of tips here because I've got a member guest tournament coming up this weekend, and and um, short game is is the area where I need your expertise. When we're when we're faced with the shot from 80 to 100 yards in, for for most of us, we're hitting a sand wedge in those kind of scenarios. But too often, we're either chunking it, we we look up, we blade it, we might pull it, and then now we're off the green. How can we hit better wedge shots? from 80 to 100 yards in and get consistently at least on the green so we're giving ourselves a putt at a birdie or a par? Well, the first thing I would do is is take your gap wedge or your pitching wedge out instead of a sand wedge or a lob wedge. Uh, so let's say your player is 80 yards away and, and they're feeling pretty good about their swing and they go, okay, I'm going to take a 60-degree wedge and I'm going to nuke it and I'm going to swing as hard as I can at this 60. They're probably going to put too much spin on the ball. They're probably going to come up short. or they might come out of the shot and just blade it. Uh, so that's really not the best approach for most players from 80 yards. So let's say they go to a sand wedge, and now they're trying to get dialed in on that 80-yard shot to a pin with a sand wedge. They might try to get a little too cute with it, and they go at the pin too much, and they might miss the green or come up short. But when you take out a pitching wedge and you just put the ball in the middle of your stance, maybe choke up a little bit, you know you have plenty of club to get there, so your tempo is going to be a little better. Just play to like the middle of the green and just get the ball, you know, to the middle and then putt to where the pin is. Uh, you know, play a little more conservatively if that's a problem in your, in your, uh, in your game. Now, for the more skilled golfer who 
has has a real good comfort level with the wedges, they're going to obviously go right out the pin and, and try to knock it stiff every time. But when there's any doubt, and and I I notice this with a lot of players when they take out you know that short 80, 90, 100 yard shot, they tend to come up short. That's typically what I see. So I would encourage the listeners and the, the players out there and yourself, Chris, take the wedge, put the ball in the middle of your stance take a nice smooth swing at the ball and just play more for the middle of the green. Even if it means maybe you knock the ball 10, 20 feet by the pin, at least you're putting uh, and you'll, uh, I think you'll be more consistent. And that's, that's an excellent point, Chris. And it, it's something that, you know, I, and I was just recently up at the Salt Creek golf retreat in Nashville, Indiana with my buddies on our annual golf trip. And I haven't played as much golf this year as I would like to play. And that's sort of a, uh, and I don't know if you want to call it a pep talk that I sort of had to give to myself is, you know, the pins obviously being in different places over the days that we were there. And I had to say to myself, you know what? You're not good enough. I'm a 13, right? That's my hand. I'm a 13 <laughs> right. handicap. I'm not good enough right, we can help to it. fire we, at we, the pins I can, I can all it. the time. I sort of did say to myself, you know what, just put it in the middle of the green and then make, you know, try to putt from there. And if you, if you miss it, right, if you miss it a little left, a little right, a little long, a little short, then maybe you find yourself, you know, closer to the pin than you anticipated. But that's really good advice. Correct. That's something I had to say to myself is I'm not skilled enough to go at pins. Well, we have to be realistic, you know, and this is where I think uh, golfers really need to work with a pro and, and I really like what Randy was touching on with the PGA Superstore. That was really interesting how, and I really uh, agree with him 100% when he's talking about how he, how the customers feel when they come into his store and, and, you know, adding salespeople to get more attention to the, to the people walking in the store. They're not trying to hard sell people. They're giving them the, the experience so they feel good about going into the superstore and making a purchase and so on. And, you know, when you have that kind of an effect on, on golfers, they're going to come back to your store. Now, think about how that relates to when you work on your game, how you feel when you go out to the golf course. You know, it's intimidating. It's hard to work on your game, but that's why I would encourage the golfers to, to try to find a, a pro that, that they're comfortable with, that they can help them with their game, because they're going to feel a lot better about themselves, about their game. And it's the feeling that they're going to get on a golf course in a practice area with a pro that's going to really help their games. Just like, you know, when you get that good feeling going into the store, you're going to make the purchase. It's kind of like what I do with, with, with golfers. The big thing is, you know, I want golfers to be, you know, feeling good about their game and about their, about making progress with their game. And that keeps them motivated to, to keep playing and enjoying the game. Uh, it's a tough game. There's, there's, you know, there's no real easy shot in golf. There's no easy golf hole out there. So, it's a, it's a tough, tough game, but it's a fun challenge. And, uh, getting that good feeling with, with your game is, is real important. I think that's where, uh, meeting up with a pro and, and working with somebody can, can really help, um, players enjoy the game even more. And Chris, you mentioned ball position here with the with the shot from 80 to 100 yards and putting it in the middle of your stance. Talk about ball position and our stances on chip shots from around the green. You know, I've heard some people talk about having a a slightly open stance so that you can clear your hips on a on a little chip shot. I've heard others talk about holding, you know, getting like in your putting stance. You know, be square to the target, hold it as if it were a putter. How do you teach your students to set up and hit those short chip shots from you know, 10, 15 yards off and around the greens? Well, the standard method really is that you want to be a little bit open with your lower body 
But one of the, the key things to, to the short chip is you have to swing your hands and arms, uh, you know, back and forth. You have to get kind of that triangle moving. Your arms make a triangle and you just get your, your, your that arm swing. So having a slightly open stance will give you some room so your arms can come through. Uh, one of the things you want to avoid is, is too much wrist action. And when your arms stop, that's when your wrists flip at the ball. Um, you know, the, the parallel alignment stance, like to try to duplicate a typical putting stance, you know, we square everything up is kind of a method, um, that you can use for very short chips if, if you're comfortable kind of trying to make a putting swing from a putting stance. But typically players do better with a slightly open stance. And, and, and I know it's a lot of really good putters stance slightly open to the line when they putt. It even looked like Tiger recently in the past few tournaments has been opening up his stance a little bit. But uh, I'd like to, you know, if I give the listeners a, a checklist, I would say, you know, the ball needs to be middle to back in your stance. Your feet should be pretty close together to a narrow stance. Aim your lower body a little bit open to the line so you're not parallel left. You're a little bit, you know, for a right-handed player, you're going to be turned uh, counterclockwise slightly to the left. Um, you want to take – if if you can, for basic chips, you know, an eight or nine iron to get the ball rolling a little bit. But the real key to work on is kind of a no-wristed arm swing where you take, you know, just swing your arms back and, you know, from side to side and, and, and just try to kind of keep it straight back, straight through. That's, that's the best approach, um, the simplest approach. And there's a lot of variations from that, but that would be a basic checklist I would give the listeners for, for the basic chip. Chris, just a couple more before we let you go, and let's let's talk about lag putting. That's an area mm-hmm. for me that I tend to struggle with is is getting the feel and the, for the distance on a lag putt, not leaving myself a four or five footer. Then for par, I tend to lose you know a couple of strokes around by three putting because I'm leaving that that longer lag putt a little too far short, give myself mm-hmm. a knee knocker mm-hmm. trying to make it for par. How do we get? How do right. we do a better job of du- uh, judging distance? on our lag putts? Uh, well, one of the things I would recommend is when you go to practice your, your putting, always start with the longer putts first. And by long, I mean outside of 30 feet. So take more than 10 steps from the hole and just putt longer putts first when you go to a putting green. The second thing I would do is always putt with the same type of golf ball. So if you use, um, you know, a Pro V1, use that. If you use a Callaway, Super Soft, whatever ball you like, and then you're going to be playing with, you want to practice your putting with that golf ball. Um, you want to practice uh, doing a number of reps where you take less time to hit the putt. Just walk up, take one look, and putt it. Just like you were going to throw a ball to somebody. You look at where they are and you throw it. You have to get more into that kind of a mode where you just putt by feel. Uh, one of the biggest problems in the game today, in my opinion, I was going to touch on this, but the U.S. Open is slow play. And what I really enjoyed watching Kepka and, and Dustin Johnson the, the last round is both of those players are not slow when they play. Uh, they get right up and take care of business and they swing. They're not uh, standing over the ball you know, for an eternity for, or taking a minute and a half to hit a golf shot. They just get up there and play, which I think a lot of listeners would benefit from playing a little faster. So let's relate that to lag putting. When you work on your lag putting, the worst thing you could do is just stare at the golf ball and not look at where you're going to try to send the ball down the, down the green. You want to look at the, the, the putt, 
and react to it and, and take less time on the longer putts, especially. And, and I think you'll discover that the distance control will be, will be spot on. As far as the mechanics of it, uh, you want to make sure you hit the ball in the sweet spot of the putter. So you get the ball on the center of the club head. You want to make good contact with the ball. So you want to, you know, keep your, your lower body a little quieter, but you have to, judge the distance more by the feel. Just like you were going to roll the ball with your hand or throw a ball to somebody, you look and you putt, but you got to practice those longer putts to get a real feel for it. And the more subconscious you can become with the putting, the better your speed control will be. So when I'm putting really well, when I look at that putt and I just visualize it and I get up there and putt it, and then lo and behold, I get up there, the putt is close to the hole. You know, sometimes I'm a little surprised thinking, wow, I made, you know, that was real easy to get it close from 60 feet. But when I think about how I'm doing that, it's very subconscious. It's not like I'm forcing myself to do it. I'm just looking and putting just like I would throw a ball to somebody standing, you know, 20, 30 yards away. I could just throw the ball to them and, and have good accuracy. So I think golfers need to tap into that a little bit, but spend the time on the golf course when you have time to practice or putting green, just doing longer putts. you got to practice those. Don't just stand there doing drills from three, six, nine feet, from, you know, setting a tee in the ground and just hitting those putts. You got to, if you want to be a good lag putter, you got to hit the ball solidly and you got to practice those. But again, take less time, just look and putt, and you'll probably discover you're going to do a lot better than if you really grind over every putt for, for 45 seconds before you hit a putt uh, or a minute. You're just going to do yourself a disservice. You're not going to putt as well. You're going to tense up. You're probably going to leave it short. Um, so that's that's the advice I would give players for longer putting. Chris, before we let you go, remind our listeners again, how can they follow you, whether it's online or over social media? Well, the best place uh, to follow me really would just be go on my website, which is uh, christianchaya.com, and my last name, the spelling is C-Z-A-J-A. They can find me on my website, christianchaya.com, or uh, on LinkedIn, would be great, uh, and I would uh, encourage everyone, they can reach me at Boca West Country Club, uh, so they can call uh, down to Boca West or contact me there, and I'm um, there year-round, and love to see everybody come out, check out uh, the, the number one club, uh, really the residential club in the, in the country. Uh, so, uh, I hope uh, everybody in, enjoys the tournament this week at the Travelers from my home state of Connecticut. I think it's going to be a great uh, great event. Um and it's going to be, and I and and I really think golf is on the upswing right now. I think a lot of people are getting back into the game, and and there's a lot of uh, women playing golf now, and and a lot of uh, uh, younger people that that are really getting into golf, which is great to see. Um, so it should be uh, should be a great summer, and and um, anybody that, that needs help with their game, please contact me down at Boca West and uh, uh, or through my website, and I'd uh, love to help them with their golf. Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come back and, and be a part of the show. It's been great getting to know you over the last couple of years and having you as part of the show. I hope you'll come back and uh, and do it again sometime real soon. Share more of your tips and your insights with us because you're fantastic, my friend. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I love your show. And uh, anytime uh, you, you, you'd like to have me on, it would be my pleasure. Uh, your, your guests have been fantastic. I really enjoyed uh, listening to Randy today uh, with the Superstore. Um, I thought he was uh, giving some really good insights into the market, into what the products are out there. I thought that was really a, a good interview, uh, a good guest you had on earlier. I appreciate that very much. 
And, uh, Chris, and, and take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Chris. All the best. Bye-bye. That is uh, Chris Chaya, and again, his last name is spelled C-Z-A-J-A, and his website is ChristianChaya.com. So check him out, and a uh, wonderful guest. And I'm telling you, folks, Boca West, I, I, I highly, I highly uh, encourage you to to go take a peek at that uh, that, that that layout in the golf courses that they have there. BocaWestCC.org looks fantastic. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out to Rob Strano, Randy Peich, and Chris Chaya for uh, for joining me tonight. Please give me your thoughts. Check out our our webpage, Next on the Tee uh, with Chris Mascaro. You can find our webpage, nextonthetee.net, and over on Facebook at Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Share your Facebook, I mean, your feedback with us there. Plus, if you've got a question for one of our future guests or someone we've already had on the show, please let me know. You can uh, go on our website again, nextonthetea.net, and uh, and click on the link there to reach out to us there. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Twitter at ct mascaro. Uh, any of those ways, let us know we are your thoughts and just you know general questions about the show or general thoughts on the show. Uh, we're glad to have passed those along. We appreciate your feedback very much. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari, our announcer Joe Lajanusha. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio or that show like this one is also available as a free podcast over on our good friends on Podbean and iHeartRadio. We've uh, just uh, gone over on uh, Audio Boom as well and uh, Spotify has picked up both shows so you can check us out on Spotify as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends who come on and share their stories about their playing days, plus their insights into what's going on around the NFL today. Plus, we highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Folks, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the T one of the shows or one of the podcasts that you are streaming and taking a listen to. We appreciate you very much. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members Go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday to hear more stories about the game we love from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf. 